0: Or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today's drive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, everybody here at Crawford Broadcasting. And producer Steve, I'm going to have to add in here, producer Luke.
2: Yeah, we're trying to get him hooked up here to see that, you know, you probably want him to uh, speak his melo- with his melodious voice.
1: <laughs> Most definitely. And uh, producer Luke is going to be stepping in uh, because uh, producer Steve is going to be doing something very special this December, bringing smiles to children throughout the area. So uh, tell people what you're going to be doing, Steve.
2: Well, you're... I was thinking about this last night. You keep making me go through this, and that's fine. That's fine. Uh, You're spot on in terms of kids and their reaction to this. What it is is the um, Colorado Railroad Museum version of uh, Polar Express. And like I said yesterday, scenic railroads all over the country do some version of Polar Express because it's it's just a cool thing to do during the holidays. And uh, the kids just eat it up. There's just, it's nighttime. There's lots of lights, and you know when the steam locomotive comes roaring into the boarding area, it, it's definitely a tension getter.
1: <laughs> it, well, it's super cool, and it is sold out. You can get more information at ColoradoRailroadMuseum dot org. Is that right? But you can get on a waiting list, I think, for that, Steve and uh, is that correct?
2: Yes, uh, there it, it is and uh, just you know be in touch with the museum if you're really interested in this and I'm sure something can be worked out because there's you know people make plans, they cancel plans, you just never know what's going to happen.
1: Right, so reach out to them but want to say uh, so producer Luke I think he's got a microphone there as well. Yes, no. He does. Okay. Luke, first of all, you are a busy guy, and I really appreciate you stepping in here in December. You know, I talked about it when I was after Reggie's show. You said, you know, you and I should have some back and forth, and here we're going to do this in December. So thank you for being here.
3: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It'd be better if I could hear out of my microphone, uh, but I but I imagine we'll we'll figure that out uh, in a little bit on this end. But yeah, I, I really look forward to it. I, I think it'll be a good time.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to it as well, and I thank you for doing that. You also produce, I think, Reggie's show and um, Matt Darks and a whole bunch of other production stuff here. So thank you for stepping in so that, that Steve can do this really special thing. And I really, I'm excited about it, producer Luke.
2: I, I, I'm I grateful, too, because when I first got the notion, it was like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to pull this off?
1: <laughs> and here here we are. So tomorrow is December 1st. So very excited about that. Check out the website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N, S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com. And uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force, whether with a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum Davos Globalist Elite's Agenda, or eighty-seven thousand IRS agents who uh, I don't think that they're being hired to answer your phone call faster.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, and especially when we you know went out of the way to make sure that they're going to be armed. Yes. Really? Yeah.
1: Really? Hmm. <laughs> so, big show plan for you today. In the third and fourth segment of this first hour, our number one will be talking with Adam Angieski, and he is the founder of Open the Books, and uh, you know follow the money. Follow the money, and uh, there is over <clears throat> let's see, 132,000 uh, re- retired or public employees, <clears throat> excuse me, in Illinois that's making over a hundred thousand dollars. And uh, so, we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to have to ask him about that because as we were looking at this uh, proposed tax increase for Douglas County schools, it was unveiled that. Uh, Let's see, what was it? 21% of payroll goes to para, and that is paid for by the taxpayers. Another 11% goes to para, and that's paid for by the employees. So these young teachers, where they're saying, we need to pay our young teachers more, well, right off the bat, 11% of their paycheck is going to para. So let's we're going to have a conversation about that. And then in the second hour, as many of you know, Uh, I'm involved in a documentary, and uh, my friend Walton Ramey-Johnson It's really been on Walt's heart to have honest conversations about CO2. CO2 is plant food, my friends. It's not this demon that uh, the globalists have continued to say it is. It's plant food, and it's part of this whole circle of life. And uh, so Gregory Wrightstone, who is the executive director of the CO2 Coalition – was is one of the panelists on this great documentary. It's currently in the editing phase. And uh, he suggested that I talk with Vijay, Jay, I think it's Jayaraj. And uh, Vijay lives in Bengaluru, India. And he will be uh, co- um, coming in on the second hour. We're going to talk about CO2 and in India and what's happening over there. So you won't want to miss the second hour either. And uh, so be sure and stay tuned for that. So with that, <clears throat> I thought, okay, quote of the day, let's go to Mahatma Gandhi. And uh, Mahatma Gandhi was born in 1869. He died in 1948. He was an Indian lawyer, politician, social activist, and writer who became the leader of the nationalist movement against the British rule of India. As such, he came to be considered the father of his country. Uh, Gandhi is international esteemed for his doctrine of nonviolent protest to achieve political and social progress and he said this he said the true measure of any society can be found in how it treats its most vulnerable members one more time the true measure of any society be can found can be found in how it treats its most vulnerable members steve you said you wanted to weigh in on this
2: well i was listening uh, to the stuff i normally (laughs) hear on another station while i'm driving in and uh Two stories popped up: uh, the protests going on in China Mm -hmm. over the government's heavy-handed COVID policy, and then uh, uh, lots of demonstrations in Iran these days. And both of those kind of said, you know, their freedom of speech issues. There's just you know, freedom in general issues, and it's like the rest of the world is watching here, folks. And this, the whole idea of. Freedom of speech is getting, you know, kind of refreshed in, in people's minds in many different countries. So, um, I, I just thought there was a, there was an actual tie-in to uh, the quote.
1: Well, and as I was thinking about it, th- several things came to mind. First of all, most vulnerable, I was thinking of um, the unborn, and particularly what's happening here in Colorado that a baby can be. Um, Aborted Right up until the moment of birth. And I think that speaks volumes about how uh, our society is treating the most vulnerable. I mean, we're treating unborn babies with less compassion than what we would probably treat puppies or kittens, if you really start to think about it, Steve.
2: Well, I, you know, when uh, the the story went around to what's going on in Iran right now, and I guess, you know, we played Iran yesterday in the World Cup, and we won, by the way. Um, I just like in my adult life, and your yours as well, we have seen so much churn in Iran, you know, when the Ayatollah Khomeini came in and Brody said, we're going back to fundamentalist Islam, and their whole relationship with the West went, you know, was turned inside out. But yet, given enough time, their people are still basically looking for democracy and freedom of speech and rights for women. It's like this is kind of like a never-ending cycle.
1: Well, and <clears throat> yes, the uh, U.S. did defeat Iran in the um, um, World Cup yesterday in the uh, the games, and um, I think it was one zero. So th- you know that's exciting, big deal. However. <clears throat> i was watching one of the news shows and uh if in iran there has been a record of not treating their athletes very well if they lose and i think we need to pray for those um those athletes because i think also i think that they did have a sign of protest and so they're headed back to iran and i'm i'm concerned we need to pray for their safety steve
2: i that you know that's, that's tough to comprehend at least for me for me uh You know, they played their I watched about an hour of it and they played their hearts out. And to be I mean, I guess the United States scored fairly early and you know you weren't that far out of it. So they were playing really, really hard and I I was re reminded of how physical soccer can be sometimes. The guys you know, in their zeal for going for that ball and their legs get twisted up and next thing you hit the ground, you hit it hard.
1: Mm So, uh, anyway, prayers for uh, the Iranian players as well as uh, congratulations to the U.S. Although I've been trying to watch this as well. Uh, did Have you seen this? Did the U.S. do any kneeling? Because um, I've heard, I, I kind of heard this alluded to, and it's like, I certainly hope that's not been the case, Steve.
2: No, not on the uh, national stage. I certainly, or international stage, I certainly hope
3: not. Okay. Okay.
1: And uh, is Luke in a situation where he can weigh in on all this or, or? Yep. Yes,
3: he is. Okay.
1: What do you think about that, Luke?
3: Yeah, uh what what part do you want me to weigh in? And I, it's hard to cuz we don't have we only have one pair of headphones between the two of us, so Oh, okay. It's going to work.
1: Okay. Well, um then we will we'll make do with that. So, a couple of other things that I wanted to to talk about is um have you seen this about these vehicles that by the Biden family had rent, uh, rented from Hertz, uh, and uh, I guess they returned them to the Nantucket Memorial Airport? Do you think they were there visiting Obama? What do you think, Steve?
2: I do. I really do. Uh-huh. What, what, what We all know where where Biden hangs out. It's 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 Delaware. What 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 takes him up to Nantucket?
1: Mm, I'm not sure, but uh, I've been trying to find out. All of them look like they were SUVs. And from what I can tell, <clears throat> none of them were electric vehicles. And here is you know uh, Biden, who is dictating uh, that we need to be getting out of our gas powered vehicles. You know he wants all of us to be riding around on bicycles and buses and trains on like yesterday when there was a, a snow. I mean, think how unsafe, uncomfortable it would be standing at a train or bus depot or riding your bike. Uh, but yet, on the other hand, what's good for us is not good for them because apparently they had uh, all of these SUVs, and I don't know. I find this pretty weird that one burst into flames and the other five are destroyed. I mean, that just seems a little odd to me, Steve. A little concerning. But what do you think?
2: Well, you're, I think your your curiosity is peaked because they were the Secret Service vehicles. But uh, I looked at the video uh, taken in the parking lot. They were parked very close proximity to each other. I, my, at least my daughter, has personal experience with this when her car in the uh, hospital employee parking lot, another vehicle rolled up behind it as it was burning, and then hers went up too. So, uh, And actually so two, two, two more on either side, but... Uh, I think this one of them actually burst in the flames, and the other three or four you know, were just because of their proximity.
1: Okay, well, <clears throat> but the other point I wanted to make is, from what I can tell, they were not electric vehicles. How? Um, uh, How I wish they were. <laughs> How hypocritical! Well, you know, and and uh, to try to put out electric vehicle fires, it, it takes a whole bunch more water, a whole bunch more time. Uh, to do that, so let's go to break. Before we do that, though, Hooters Restaurants is a great sponsor of both the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories, and we uh, recorded a great interview yesterday that we will broadcast this weekend with Monty Good. He was uh, he's a veteran of the Army Reserves, and he was called up during Desert Storm. So great interview on that. That will be at three o'clock this Sunday. But Hooters Restaurants has all kinds of specials Monday through Friday for both lunch. And happy hour, great place to watch the World Cup games and, and uh, all of the other games there. And uh, it's an interesting story how they became my partner, uh, my business partner. It's a story about freedom and capitalism and free markets, and you can find that at my website at KimMunson.com. We're going to go to break. We'll re- be right back. We have producer Steve, and uh, producer Luke is in studio as well. He's going to be coming in in December while Steve is doing something very special out out at the Colorado Railroad Museum. We'll be right back.
4: Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at 3PointsFinancial.com. Three That's threepointsfinancial.com.
2: No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me. At Kim, at com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And we're going to get into some other headlines here, but we've got ears on producer Luke, who's stepping in here in December. It's great to have you.
3: Hi, thanks. It's good to be here. Uh, I'm supposed to be sort of on the other side of the glass watching Steve work his magic to figure out how the show works, but I figure I could probably I could probably figure it out from in here.
1: I think so. And uh, so it's great to to have ears on you for this second segment. A yes. um, couple of things here. First of all, I wanted to this is a headline that uh, Patty pulled from the Center Square. And it says report 41% of small businesses can't pay rent this month. And um, says they couldn't pay rent on time or in full and the small business network uh, group Alignable released the survey, which found that the hardship varies by industry. Notably, 57% of beauty salons said they couldn't make rent, as well as 45% of gyms, 44% of retail, and 44% of restaurants. It says making matters worse, this occurred during a quarter when more money should be coming in and rent delinquency rates should be decreasing. But so far this quarter, the opposite has been true. I am very concerned about this, Luke. What we saw through the COVID lockdown is PBIs, I call them politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, determined some businesses were essential and some weren't. And the ones that really they, they determined that were not essential was these mom and pop, the... You know, the bread and butter, the middle class. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're seeing, I think, this play out. I'm very concerned about this. What's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I'm concerned about it as well. And it's interesting, the three that were mentioned there, hair salons, gyms, and uh, what was that third one? Let's see, there was restaurants and retail. Right, restaurants and retail. Uh, A lot of those are things you do... Uh, to sort of treat yourself those are things uh, you do sort of in excess and I think as as prices are increasing uh, quite substantially and people are finding it harder and harder to meet the essentials you don't have the money you used to to go to the hair salon mm-hmm. you're not going to the gym you're working out at home you're not eating out as often with your family you're trying to pinch pennies and scrounge up what meals you can make in the house uh, I feel like there might be some parallel there
1: okay and are you a millennial? Can uh, I say that?
3: I think you can. I was born '98, so whatever that makes me.
1: Okay, you're, you're oh, just geez. probably on the cusp, huh? On
3: the cusp. I'm sort of. I'm. I'm in between. I think Z and millennial. Or Z and
1: millennial. Okay.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I am concerned, your generation, how you're getting squeezed because of decisions that have been ba- made by my generation.
3: Yeah, it's definitely a big squeeze too. It's something I've talked about with my parents a lot, uh, which they, I think they've only really started to to get in recent years as they're seeing it where I'm having to explain to mom and dad it's like I can't move out I, I, I can't it's mathematically impossible for me to exist on my own I need to have two, three roommates even in some of the cheaper parts of Colorado uh, coming from California it was even worse mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's difficult it's a rough situation to be in I mean moving to Colorado a handful of years ago mm-hmm. seeing those signs that say new home starting at 200,000 You look on Zillow right now, you're not finding anything under half a million. Right. It's like, what do you, you know, what am I, what am I to do?
1: Right. And uh, so that's why, that's why we do the show. And I know you're working really hard. You're putting in all kinds of hours here, which, uh, I mean, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be doing even more since you're going to be producing the show. So thank you.
3: Of course, of course. And it's, it's not like I'm, you know, working a minimum wage job at McDonald's and complaining about not being able to make rent. I work. Um, This is a this is a pretty prestigious position. It is, uh, I believe, and you know even even someone in my sort of field right now Mm -hmm. not being able to make it on their own it's disheartening for a lot of people.
1: Well, and uh, so we and a lot of this is because of public policy. This inflation that we have seen, Luke, is because of public policy. And then regarding the affordability of housing here in Colorado, again, it's because of public policy. We talked about it yesterday that the state legislature uh, wants to make uniform building codes throughout Colorado so what that means is is that they will say you have to do this this and this as a home builder Mm -hmm. and it's going to increase the price and then um, you were behind the boards when Reggie and I on his show went through the um, voters guide and I was a no on that prop one two three which was the Affordable housing. Right. It's really government housing. And I've got to think the answer for our young people like you is not government
3: no. housing. No. I feel like I, I definitely agree. And one of the points that was made during that show was those housing options are only available within certain income brackets. And the second you go beyond those income brackets, you're out of your affordable housing. I find that is a maybe it's not intentionally malicious. Uh, but kind of malicious way to keep, keep you down, keep, keep you, you down. poor. Keep I you mean, down. I mean, what better way to de-incentivize you from doing better than saying, if you do better, we're kicking you out?
1: <laughs> uh, you pretty well nailed it on that, Luke, for sure. So that's why we do the show. We've got to talk about public policy, change hearts and minds here. Um, I wanted to just mentioned one other thing. I can't believe this. Up in Weld County, on the 2022 midterm elections, this is from uh, Complete Colorado by Sherry Pife. It says, uh, the 2022 midterm election had left many residents in northern Colorado cities of Evans, Garden City, and most of Greeley feeling like Santa left them a lump of coal in their stocking. Not one of the Democrats who won office at the state and federal levels in the state area were elected with more than 50% of the vote. And one was not elected at all. And many believe third-party candidates likely helped push three of the other four over the finish line. And first of all, this is up in really it's been, supposed to be Republicanville. I can't right. believe, first of all, that the elections were that close. It seems kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, saying that the third party spoiled, and, how do you feel about third parties?
3: Uh, I'm up in the air. I like third parties in theory. Uh, I think they're I think they're really good in a more ideal scenario. I think in the world we actually live in it becomes a lot more complicated.
1: It does. That's for sure. But uh anyway, I think they're they're throwing water on the um the third party. However, uh and there's going to be a um um a meeting if you will in front of uh Colorado GOP headquarters today at noon and it's called the Save Colorado Project. Uh, uh, asking for new leadership for the state GOP party. When we look at the results of what we've had here, um, they're very dismal. And one of the things, Luke, that I'm very concerned about is legalized election manipulation here in Colorado. Uh, These uh, dirty and bloated uh, voter rolls, uh, this long period to vote, these ballot boxes everywhere. um, And and again, I said not cleaning up the... um, voter rolls and being able to legally harvest
3: ballots yeah
1: what could go wrong with that?
3: Oh, nothing. it's all perfect and everything's great in sunshine and rainbows and nothing bad ever happens
1: and uh, and that is why we had very dismal <laughs> results here. so so let's jump over here to Lauren Levy. He is a great sponsor of both of the shows. He is an expert in the mortgage arena. Uh, he works with a number of different lenders, which is great because there's all kinds of uh, different products out there and opportunities. Lauren Levy, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Kim. What is going on in the mortgage arena?
5: Uh, well, it's kind of a uh, lull right now. Things aren't moving a whole lot, which is good. The rates are, uh, you know, they've come back down below seven, probably to the, you know, mid to upper sixes. When I say we're on a holding period, uh, Powell's supposed to have just a brief comment today, and then he has to go dark for a week. All the Fed guys do while we wait for the next announcement next week when they raise again. And so we'll be in a holding period to see if they raise, which we know they will, how much they raise, and then what they say they're going to do going forward as far as do they slow down at all or do they head into 2023 raising continuously again. Boy, and that'll be a big driver for rates.
1: Boy, it is really hurting. Uh, it, it's hurting people significantly. There was another uh, headline that... Uh, patty had regarding these higher interest rates and obviously these higher fuel costs how that's affecting our food producers our farmers i mean it's across the spectrum and it, it's you know they raised them so quickly lauren we have um, uh, producer luke young guy is going to be producing the show here during december and we were just talking about housing affordability so not only has young people gotten squeezed by prices but now these interest rates it's, it's so frustrating lauren
5: it is, and the unfortunate part for housing is it's so sensitive to rates that as soon as the Fed does just about anything, that's the first place it's felt, right? Because mortgage rates move in lockstep with the Fed, whereas other things that they're trying to move, like, for example, unemployment and things like that, take time to see the reaction. And that's why some people want them to hold and wait and see the reaction on the rest of the economy because the more they raise, the more the directly bringing down housing um, via affordability or just, uh, you know, prices, things like that. And it's a direct effect on housing immediately versus other industries that they want to slow down, but that that has a delayed effect. So we'll see if they decide to slow down at all.
1: Well, here in Colorado, there's been such an increase uh, in the value of homes that it, I mean, nothing goes straight up. So it uh, makes sense that it would... Um, probably, you know, bring housing prices down in just a little bit. But, Lauren, I've been thinking about this, and Luke was just mentioning this, people that might have a lot of equity in their home and want to try to figure out how to help their kids and, and maybe get some money to them to help them now instead of waiting until they pass on. These reverse mortgages seem to be a really a good tool maybe to, to do that. I know we're not giving ex- exact investment advice, and, uh, right. but uh, it seems like that could be a, a great tool.
5: It is a good tool if if you want to stay in your home for the rest of your life. It can be a great tool, um, you know. If, if, if passing on, there's other reasons to do it as far as like eliminating a mortgage payment or um, just helping you get by with the rest of your life. If uh, you know your investments have taken a hit, like a lot of people's have in the last year, um, and then home equity lines of credit are another thing that people are accessing a lot right now, even though the rates are pretty high on them, just to get some money out of their home. Um, you know, and, and houses are still selling. You know. What you don't have anymore is just these multiple, multiple offers on homes. But, um, you know, like you and I always say, and it's a saying in the industry, if you buy a home today, odds are within hopefully a year, year and a half, you'll be able to refinance down to a lower rate. Mm -hmm. So if you find a home that you like and you can make it happen now, you know, probably within the next 12 to 18 months, you'll be able to refi to a lower rate. And uh, because we think that there's going to be a recession coming through all these hikes and the recession tends to lead to lower rates down the road.
1: Okay, okay. And so, it, it, just to explore all these different things, people can give you a call. What's your phone number, Lauren Levy?
5: The phone number is
1: 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. So if you'd like to get some equity out of your house through a home equity uh, line of credit, or am I saying that correctly, or a a reverse mortgage, uh, there's great opportunity there. And there still is creative things happening to buy a house. And as you say, Lauren Levy, marry the house and date the mortgage, right? That's
5: right. (laughs) right.
1: (laughs) Okay, Lauren Levy, we'll talk to you next week. Again, that's Lauren Levy. Uh, expert in mortgages 303-880-8881 we're going to go to break we'll be right back
2: M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. <laughs>
1: and welcome back to the Kim Munson show I'm Kim Munson be sure and check out our website that's Kim Munson dot com. sign up for our weekly newsletter there and you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well thank you to all of you who support us we're an independent voice we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom if something's a good idea you shouldn't have to force people to do it and uh, one of the ways um, that force is used is by uh, taking money from one person and giving it to another And uh, that can be called taxes, and most people like, uh, or um, most people understand that there are some taxes that are necessary. However, I think we're pretty well out of control in that arena, and that's why following the money is so important. Adam Angieski is the founder of Open the Books, and he has uncovered some super interesting stuff regarding uh, what's happening in Illinois. But uh, first of all, Alan or, or Adam Angieski, welcome to the show.
7: Well, Kim, thanks for having me back. Thanks for having me on this morning.
1: Well, I always learn so much, but uh, I was going to just jump right in here, and I thought, you know what? Not everybody knows you, so explain what Open the Books uh, does exactly.
7: Well, at com, we're pretty unique. Last year and this year, we filed more than 50,000 Freedom of Information Act requests. It was on every single substantial government unit in the entire country. And Kim, we... Uh, we captured over $12 trillion worth of state, local, and federal spending. This had never been done before in American history. So You can come to our website, and you can follow the money right down into your local K-12 through school district, your municipality, your county, oftentimes your township. For example, if you want to know who is working for, you know, uh, your K through 12 school district in what position? How much they're making? We have that detail at OpenTheBooks dot com. Wow,
1: it is fascinating. I've got I've got your website open right now, and uh, just going across the the kind of the banner at it is you've got all of these different areas here in Colorado that you have the books on. It's it's just amazing the work that you're doing.
7: So when you come to the website, you notice something that's very important: logos scroll underneath the search tool. What that shows you are local units of government in a radius around where your IP Internet address is. So we're able to, to locate you and then bring right to your computer. Uh, you can just click on those logos and you can see the salaries of people in those, in those units of government.
1: Oh, my gosh, it's fascinating. I'm seeing Aurora Fire Rescue, Aurora Police Department, Board of Examiners of Nursing Home Administ- Administrator, CU System. Wow, this is just amazing. So that's all there, and that is at dot com. But uh, I wanted to, first of all, ask you about this story that you broke regarding why Illinois is in trouble. 132,188 public employees are receiving $100,000 paychecks, costing the taxpayers $17 billion. Uh, I remember that the there was uh, this argument that public employees didn't make as much as private sector uh, when they were working. That's why a cushy pension was so important. Uh, but now we're realizing that You know, everyday people are out there trying to make ends meet. We had a um, we talked about a a headline that uh, national headline just recently said forty one percent of small businesses can't pay rent. So here's these small businesses that are trying to make it, and here we've got these cushy pensions and paychecks over here in the public sector. So talk about that, please, Adam.
7: Well, while crime skyrockets in the neighborhoods, test scores plummet in the public schools, inflation decimates private sector paychecks, the Illinois public employee class, they're living a really good life, Kim. And so you're right, we found incredibly 133,000 public servants in Illinois that make over 100 grand. And that includes the retirees. So, for example, in the K-12 school district, there are 43,000 six-figure educators Now, 27,000 of them are currently employed on a $100,000 or more salary, but there's 17,000 of them retired on pensions for the rest of their life that exceed 100 grand. Do you think that the students would be doing exceptionally well in the classroom? That's not the case. Only 30% of students read at grade level. 29% of the students do math at grade level, okay? So you give the Illinois public schools a zero for their for their education outcomes it's not even an f it is a zero with 43,000 of them making over 100 grand a year
1: it's rather remarkable so adam uh I- I did a voter's guide um, regarding the issues that were on the Colorado ballot, and I chose some local issues as well. I live in Douglas County. The Douglas County School District was asking for two tax increases. One was a $60 million mill levy override uh, with no sunset. It would be forever. Uh, And the other was to double the debt that uh, taxpayers would have to pay for Again, capital projects, as we looked at that, there were things in there that we questioned whether or not they were a capital project, but they were both defeated. Uh, And um, what I learned as we went through this process is that 21% of payroll for Douglas County schools goes to PARA, which is the Public Employee Retirement Association, the pension plan for teachers and public employees. But then another 11% is paid for, uh, goes into para by the employee. So we talk about these young teachers and wanting to pay them more, but there's 32% right there that is going to just para. And I think the number was 38% when you add in all the benefits, 38% of payroll uh, goes to uh, employee benefits uh, for the Douglas County School District, and I don't think that's uncommon throughout um, the metro area. I, I find that a big or problem, Adam. The country, Kim. Or throughout yeah, the country, or huh?
7: the country, right? Yeah, thirty percent of payroll goes to fund their lifetime pension, and two thirds of that you just described is paid for by taxpayers. And in Colorado, I don't think you can see once a once a teacher goes retired or a superintendent or any public employee, you can't see their retirement annuity annual payment, right? Not
1: to my knowledge.
7: Yeah, that's not subject to the uh, open records request in Colorado. So think about this. You, the taxpayer, fund it. uh, You guarantee it, but you don't get to see it. And it's not on the table for negotiation on paid perks, and pensions. That's just plain wrong. They need to do something about the uh, the state legislature needs to get engaged immediately on this issue of transparency. Because when a public employee retires, we deserve to see how much they're getting for the rest of their lives – Basically on our dime.
1: Well, it is ra- rather remarkable, and um, I don't see this legislature or this governor really t- working for transparency on that. But we as citizens,
7: well, for- force the issue, right? It's a, it's probably a ninety-five percent issue with with the people in Colorado to be able to see it. And it's common sense. The way I just described it should be the way it's presented. We, you know, we fund it. We guarantee the whole system. And it should be on the table as we negotiate these massive pay, perk, and pension benefit packages.
1: And all the while, uh, small business people are are uh, concerned about recession. So these, in essence, are recession-proof as well. And there's probably cola increases on this as well. Uh, cost of living increases. Yes. No.
7: Well, I can speak to that program in Illinois. It's a minimum of 3%. So for the last number of years, when inflation was a lot lower than 3%, the lifetime pension annuities, they received a 3% bump. And now it's the higher of inflation or the 3% minimum. So so it's going to go completely off the rails.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, The other thing is, is it seems to me, like because the taxpayer is paying so much of this, but um, many of these teachers then are members of teachers' unions. So that is probably why the teachers' unions. Uh, I mean, they they come out pretty well on this uh, with um, all this pay, you know, all these pensions, correct, and all this, these paychecks.
7: Well, I mean, let's talk about this at a lot of levels, right? So the the staff employees of the teachers' union in Illinois are members of the teachers' retirement system of Illinois, the public pension. They wrote a state law. They muscled themselves in to the taxpayer pension. If you're, if you're a staffer at the teachers' union, that's a private sector position. The teachers' union not government. It's a Ooh. private entity. Yet they're muscled in to the teachers' retirement pensions. They're some of the highest pensions in the system. They're draining the system from rank-and-file teachers. It's incredible. Okay, and then at the next level, you've got these 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 education unions. They're they're just pushing corrupt, anti-American, anti-Western ideologies. You know, odd um, teachings on sex and gender. They're pushing at their conferences critical race theory. I mean, they're bold about it. It's right in their national conferences on how they want to bring this to the classroom that your child is in.
1: Adam, I just, I, I know this is happening. I cannot figure out why here these people are living off of, um, you know, the 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 success of America, and I can't understand why they would want to tear it down. I, I know that's a real subjective question. Do you have any thoughts on that?
7: Yeah, it's all about again follow the money and political power. And so this is this is their revolution. They've been planning this for the last forty to fifty years. They've got their people in place and in the institutions. And they're going to push it, and we've got to stand up. Now is the moment to stand up and defeat these radical ideologies.
1: Well, and one of the first ways to do that is by following the money and bringing transparency to this, because we hear this narrative all the time about, uh, you know, teachers are underpaid and— um, you know, th- that uh, that we need to, to make sure that, you know, w- that we make housing affordable. That was another thing they're saying, oh, teachers, firefighters, they can't afford to live in certain areas. Well, a lot of that is because of public policy that has made housing more and more expensive, Adam.
7: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, all these public policy decisions, they have huge ramifications. Um, what we're talking about here in K-12 education in Colorado or in Illinois is actually also going on in the Department of Defense Education Activity Division. Who are they? Well, it's the Pentagon's K-12 schools for students of service members, for example, that go overseas. So You sign up to fight for your country, go overseas, your kids go into the Pentagon schools, and they're now being taught these odd sex and gender uh, ideas, and they're being taught critical race theory and they're they're being taught that America is not an exceptional nation, and we've proved this at OpenTheBooks.com. Fox News people have seen this. Uh, Kalisha Wing, she, she's the new DEI Diversity Equity and Inclusion officer that heads up all of this for the Department of Defense K through 12 schools. She's in trouble for her tweets disparaging white people at OpenTheBooks.com. We went a lot deeper. You can read all about this on our website or at Substack, where she's literally blurred the lines between her DEA business on the side and her position at the Department of Defense.
1: Well, and that's one other thing before we go to break, then there also can be double dipping uh, from what I can see. So a retired teacher could be receiving a pension uh, and then also be doing substitute teaching on, on the side, correct? Interesting,
7: yeah. And that's that's not a part of our analysis here in Illinois or in Colorado. But, um, you know, and that that income... Uh, is actually difficult to come by on the Sunshine Laws. Uh, And and I'm not sure in Colorado if we're capturing that side income with our request.
1: Okay. So that is why it is so important that we have transparency on this. And so Adam Angieski is doing such amazing work at Open the Books. We're going to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk about another headline that he has uncovered, and it is – this was uh, Wake Up America. This was on Newsmax. $20 million in military research is going to China. That seems like that's a problem. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll have a conversation with Adam Angieski on that. He is the founder of Open the Books. Before we do that, though, n- the nonprofit that I just uh, love, uh, well, I love many of them, but, but um, uh, is uh, the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And, my friends, it's so important that we know these stories of those that have been willing to put their lives on the line or have given their lives so that we can live in liberty and in freedom. And that's why helping them out with this remodel is so important. And it is a great gift. You can buy a brick to honor your loved one's military service or your military service that will be on those walkways. You'll receive a beautiful certificate. It is a great gift for Christmas or for Hanukkah. And you can get more information at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org memorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back with Adam Angieski.
8: Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same-day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's r o o t s medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns.
9: Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881.
10: The ability to protect and defend yourself is your right. Having the knowledge and skills to protect yourself the correct and safe way is essential. At Franktown Firearms, they will equip you with both the tools and the skills. The team at Franktown wants you to learn how to build your confidence and improve your skills with the help of their trained experts. They will take the time to make sure you choose the right gun for you and teach you the necessary skills to carry it safely and securely. This holiday season, consider giving your loved one a firearm training course at Franktown Firearms. They offer one-on-one training or group classes depending on your comfort level and skill. You will find they are fully stocked with guns and ammunition at or below MSRP. You can be assured that you are providing a gift that will truly keep on giving and let your loved ones exercise their freedoms and rights safely and confidently. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today to give the gift of freedom. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. American's
0: Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And before we get to, back to Adam Angieski with Open the Books, did want to mention today at noon in front of the uh, state GOP headquarters here in in, uh, Denver. Well, it's in Greenwood Village. And let's see that address. I had it a minute ago. It's 5950 South Willow Drive in Greenwood Village. It is the Save Colorado Project. The results of the 2022 midterm elections here in Colorado were dismal for the state GOP. And uh, we need to make a change. And so those of you that care about our state, and want to start to work to reclaim it, to save it, uh, let's meet at 5950 South Willow Drive at noon today. Adam Angieski, uh, first of all, how big is your team to do all the work that you're doing?
7: So we have about 27 full-time equivalents that use our, what I call the good machine, to file 50,000 Freedom of Information Act requests, And capture nearly every dime, not quite, but nearly every dime taxed and spent at every level across the entire country. Then a team of about seven, I head that up, and that includes, you know, directors of communication, you know, graphic designers, three journalists, myself. We, uh, and that includes our development director as well, (laughs) which is not really involved in oversight, but it's a small team that does all the oversight. And we have a rule that if it's a two pizza rule, if two pizzas can't feed your your team, the team's too big.
1: Uh, boy, boy, that would be great if a lot of uh, public institutions followed that rule. Let's take a look. You, and so every week you do a, um, like, uh, what is it, Waste of the Week, correct?
7: Yeah, it, it, uh, real clear.
1: Okay. And a uh, recent one is so Wake Up America, $20 million in military re- research is going to China. And so tell us about that, Adam.
7: So, at, in, our, in our daily column, it's the waste of the day, um, we put it up at Real Clear Policy. And we've been doing this for almost two years now. So, we put up a piece on the Strider Technologies report called the Los Alamos Club. And we thought this was super interesting. We didn't see it in the mainstream press. And so, the, the nexus of the report for the first time details from public sources the people, places, and the things that former U.S. scientists are doing to build the capacities on the latest in technologies for the Chinese communists, the People's Republic of China. So so there's actually a Los Alamos club, but it's not in America at our crown jewel national laboratory in New Mexico. It's in China, where there's 162 scientists that used to work at Los Alamos that now work for the Chinese communists. And they're in some of the of the some of the most important technologies they're doing hypersonic missiles deep earth penetrating warheads jet engines unmanned vehicles submarine noise reduction technologies these are the five areas that you need military dominance and technological superiority god forbid in the next war
1: boy I, i this is uh super disturbing Uh, Because what we're seeing with the uh, military here in America, uh, first of all, with the vaccine mandates, uh, we've had some very seasoned uh, warriors that have uh, gotten out of the military. And then with the whole woke uh, thing going on, um, I see tremendous danger going on right now, Adam.
7: Well, you've got brain drain. I mean, just think about this, Kim. We've educated these scientists in our universities and colleges, we've employed them in our crown jewel national laboratory. We funded them oftentimes to tens of millions of dollars worth of taxpayer paid federal grants. At least one of the scientists had top secret clearance. This is called Q clearance. He got access to restricted data and national security information. And then they're recruited back to China working on behalf of the People's Republic of China and not America. Nobody can say that this is not a national security concern.
1: And has this is this just recent, or has this been happening under both Democrat and Republican administrations? Or how long has this been going on?
7: Yeah, across the board. This is a this is a decade over decades old Chinese program. It's called the Thousand Talents Program. Uh, their super talent program to get to to use the resources of the United States against the United States. Um, you know, it's common sense, if you're an adversary of our country, to allow us to do all the training, you know, bring, bring your people up to speed and then recruit them back and use those talents on behalf of the Chinese. And that's exactly what they're doing, and we've been asleep at the switch. The FBI, you know, they, they, they outline a 3 prong strategy that China's using against America. One is recruitment. Another one is straight-up espionage. Kim, the FBI admits they're opening a Chinese espionage case where they're stealing top private sector and government sector secrets from us. They open up those cases every 10 to 12 hours. There are 5,000 concurrent cases of Chinese espionage that the FBI currently has in play. The FBI director Christopher Wray in a speech characterized Chinese espionage as the largest transfer of wealth in all of human history. So the FBI needs to get their priorities straight. You know, they'd need to stop investigating parents at school board meetings and dedicate the resources to Chinese espionage.
1: You think? (laughs) For sure. What's the third one? You said recruitment espionage. What's the third one?
7: They use every legal way possible to maximize their U.S. taxpayer-funded largesse. And here's one example. So PPP funding, Paycheck Protection Funding, it was COVID aid designed for mom-and-pop businesses on Main Street. But 125 domestic USA companies owned by the People's Republic of China, they scooped up $400 million in round one on PPP funds. So think about this. It was PPP for the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party.
1: And this is i am I'm, I'm thinking you know where's been where's Mitch McConnell been on all this where's where's the leadership been in the Republican Party on this? This seems like this would be a campaign issue
7: at hundred percent. this should have been one of the myriad of campaign issues that the Republicans should have run on for crying out loud, Democrats should run on this i mean this is this is part and parcel. Unless you're conflicted, like the Biden administration seems to be, or like Mitch McConnell seems to be, if you read Peter Schweitzer's book, um, unless you're conflicted, this is a this is a layup. You defend the sovereignty of this country and the, the you know, the private sector patents, licenses and technologies, and your and your own government's data and proprietary research and top scientists.
1: Well and um, I just I just I, I mean this is such a head scratcher but but I just see such danger as, as I'm looking out the window, I see everyday people in their cars which they still can drive here in, in Colorado, although there's an assault, I think on our freedom of of uh, mobility. but uh, people don't I don't think they understand that there's tremendous risk going on right now to our our country and I guess we just have to keep shedding light on it, right Adam?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think about this all the time. So, you know, you have the environmentalists on the progressive left in this country that are that are basically through their environmental policies, which are probably unnecessary. They're handcuffing uh, America. We're, they're making us weak on the national stage. So if China ever got the upper hand here domestically in in America, do you think they would abide by the environmental re, uh regulations? No. They would rape this country of everything instantly on energy. They would they would take the coal right out of this country and they would burn it right here, you know, uh-huh. against you know, if they ever got access to uh to the wealth of this nation. And so you know, it's just, a, it's just an interesting juxtaposition to think about.
1: Well, and Adam, we're just about out of time. So I, I want to say thank you for what you're doing uh, at OpenTheBooks.com. I greatly appreciate it. It is so important to shed light on this. And I thank you and your team for the amazing work that you're doing. And again, that is OpenTheBooks.com, OpenTheBooks.com. And I imagine people can contribute there to help you with your work. Yes,
7: Absolutely. Yeah, we're a we're a public charity. Every single dollar is tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. And Kim, we don't take government money. So when the paycheck protection program, the COVID aid program came out, we could have taken 300 grand. We would have never done that because we don't accept government money. We're the watchdogs. We hold government accountable.
1: I love it, Adam Angielski. Thank you so much. We'll uh, have you on again very soon. Thank you. Okay. And in our second hour, we, we will be talking with Vijay uh, Jayaraj from uh, India regarding CO2 and in India. So that is why I chose a quote for the end of the show from Gandhi. And it is this. He said, many people, especially ignorant people, want to punish you for speaking the truth, for being correct, for being you. Never apologize for being correct or for being years ahead of your time. If you're right and you know it, speak your mind. Speak your mind. Even if you are a minority of one, the truth is still the truth. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two.
0: It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story.
1: Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to public education.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: Kids are just being bombarded with darkness.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You
1: know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids.
0: Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is.
1: It's hump day. woo Indeed it is hump day. And welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to this team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Echo, Charlie, and producer Luke, uh, and uh, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting for all of your support and your great work. So this is is kind of crazy. I'm a little off right now. So producer Steve is in, in the studio with me, and producer Luke is behind the boards. And um, you want to explain to people why we are doing this, Producer Steve?
2: You know, in almost three and a half years, this is a first. I've never been on this side of the glass <laughs> at this time in the morning.
1: <laughs> and uh, we're doing this because you are going to be uh, uh, helping make a lot of little kids happy this Christmas.
2: Well, uh, thanks to the graciousness of Crawford and, and you, uh, you've allowed me to do this Uh I'm a volunteer, a long-time volunteer at the Colorado Railroad Museum. And in November and December, we do our version of Polar Express. And uh, actually starting tomorrow, we're going to be doing it seven nights a week. Now, I don't, I won't be there seven nights a week. I don't have that kind of endurance. But uh, it's a big deal. Uh, it's sold out. And uh, that's all a whole other different part of the story. But um, we do three shows a night and uh you know for the person who's coming who purchases a ticket it's probably uh about an hour 15 hour 20 minute deal lots of drama, dramatic uh things that happen in the pavilion or the auditorium uh, part of it and then you eventually migrate over to the boarding area and the train comes thundering in and you get and on and this it. is a
1: steam locomotive
2: yes uh-huh. uh yeah it's very impressive at nighttime and uh, and you get on the train, you go to the North Pole, and uh, all the things that happen there, and then you
1: uh, travel back to Golden. Okay. And so you will be doing that, and that doesn't work very well with getting up at, oh, dark 30 to uh, be in here Yeah, today. the <laughs>
2: earliest I can be home is 11, 1130 <laughs> at night, and you know my normal get-up time is like 315. So,
1: no, it's oil and water. Okay. So with that, I want to say thank you to producer Luke, who's stepping in uh, to produce the show during this time, and just, I'm really excited about this, because you and I have talked about wanting to have conversations, and voila, here we go.
3: There we go. Ready to happen. I yeah. look forward to it. I really do.
1: And you're behind the behind the board, so it's great to have you there. So, uh, hour number two, uh, we're going to do something very interesting. Uh, Vijay, I think that's how you say it, uh, Jairaj. when he, when we get him on, we'll talk with him about that, but he lives in Mingaluru, India, and he is uh, a researcher with this uh, CO2 coalition, and uh, got connected with him via Gregory Wrightstone, who was one of the panelists on this documentary that we filmed in October. Uh, and I'm very honored to be a part of it. It is uh, something that's been on the heart of, of my friend Walt Johnson, he and his wife. And so they put this together. We filmed it in October. And it's probably going to be called Candid Climate Conversations. But to really talk about CO2, Luke, CO2 is plant food. Did you learn that in school?
3: Yeah, yeah, I went to school when they were still teaching that. Yep.
1: <laughs> I was wondering if that's good to know. That and did you go to school in California?
3: Uh, yes, I went to school in California. I sort of caught the wave. I was right near the top of the wave of all the big changes into Common Core. So I was, I got a little bit of both. Okay, so quick question:
1: two plus two is four. Four, not uh, and you can get to that just yep. okay. Not five, less one, or, you know, however they get.
3: None of that, none of that. Two plus two is four, last time I checked, at least.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. So, Anyway, um, CO2 is plant food. And Walt really wanted to bring truth to what this whole conversation out there. So we filmed this in October. It's in the editing stage. And I can't wait for this to be released. But uh, Gregory Wrightstone is the executive director of the CO2 coalition, and he suggested that it would be great to have a conversation with Vijay, so we are going to do that. So because, talking with Vijay from India, I thought a great quote, a person to quote would be Gandhi. And Gandhi was born in 1869. He died in 1948. He was an Indian lawyer, politician, social activist, and writer who became the leader of the nationalist movement against the British rule of India. As such, he came to be considered the father of his country. And he's internationally esteemed for his doctrine of nonviolent protest to achieve political and social progress. And he said this. He said the true measure of any society can be found in how it treats its most vulnerable members. So, Steve, I'm going to go to you first, and then to Luke to get your comments on that.
2: Well, my first thought is going to the the big stories that are out there today on the international stage: uh, protests in China. How often do we see that? But we're also hearing of protests in the country of Iran, and I'm thinking here we are full, gone full circle, especially like places like Iran. Uh, or Iran, democracy. People are still looking for, the, for freedom. The, the fundamentals of democracy, like the freedom of speech. And uh, so, you know, in my mind, Gandhi's quote there goes right into that.
1: And, Producer Luke, what do you think?
3: I agree. I agree. I also think that quote's an interesting sign of the times, uh, not to discredit the extent and the level that Gandhi went to, but I feel like in the protests you see now in terms of sheer volume uh, outshine a lot of this stuff, and we're not seeing the same results that Gandhi got. It's, it's sort of, I know, telling of a different era, I guess.
1: Well, and we, I think we're still pretty comfortable here in uh, America. I don't think people quite understand uh, how uh, how tenuous it is for our freedoms. And here in Colorado, uh, as and we'll be looking at these bills of the day that will be coming down the pike, uh, and that is why this Save Colorado project today, noon in front of the state GOP headquarters at 5950, uh, I think that's South Willow Drive, uh, Save Colorado project. If you care about our state and uh, are are frustrated with the results that we've been getting from the uh, uh, state GOP, uh, if you look at the results, they're terrible.
2: That's Greenwood Village, right?
1: Yeah, Greenwood Village. Yeah. Yes, Correct. And um, they've been terrible. And we need to go to work to reclaim our state. And, Luke, one of the things I've been very concerned about is all of these um, uh, these uh, mail-in ballots that are flying all over the state, dirty and bloated voter rolls, um, b- voting for three weeks, ballot boxes, legal harvesting. Uh, you know, all of those things, uh, Steve, I'm very concerned about.
2: As you should be. And, and kind of like the... The stunner for me was our guest Monday. The the lady out in the western part of the state.
1: Oh.
2: Anyway, she said, uh, uh, "You know, she." Oh, it was Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. Lisa Bennett.
1: Lisa Bennett.
3: Mm
2: Don't be uh, too quick to say that this issue in terms of, you know, like voter rolls and stuff like that is, is a Democratic issue. Democrat. A de- Democrat. <laughs> I call myself a Democrat issue only. The Republicans aren't eager to clean up voter rolls either.
1: And that is why there's going to be this Save Colorado project today. Uh, and Luke, being a young guy, what's your thoughts on all this?
3: Oh, gosh. It's uh it's a lot it's a lot and i only recently started getting into politics sort of because of this station uh so my knowledge on the subject isn't too profoundly deep in the nitty-gritty outside of sort of more amorphic uh ideas uh steve you look like you want to say something
2: well no you just bore out a point point. one of our contributors victor davis hansen and he said last may was it we had him on it's existential, meaning it impacts your existence. And is this the reason that maybe you're more into it? Because like you, you just said in the last hour about, hey, I'd love to
3: move out of my parents' house, but I can't. Yeah, as it begins to affect me more, I begin to pay a bit more attention. And as things become a bit more relevant, obviously, I deep dive. Like, I've been looking at housing stuff, so I've gotten more into housing stuff, and especially as of recently, getting a bit more into voting stuff. Uh, So, uh, unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of insights into the nitty-gritty on that, but I look forward to learning a lot more.
1: I think by the end of December, after you've been sitting behind (laughs) uh, uh, those uh, those boards, I think you're going to... Uh, and we may not agree on everything, but uh, and that uh, we realize that with the show, but we want to bring forward information. There. And I have a feeling it's, it's going to be baptism. There by could be
2: a <laughs> new a new show on Crawford, uh, the Luke Cashman show. <laughs> the Luke Cashman,
1: that's for sure. I appreciate it. So uh, okay, let's go to break. And I'm very excited. We have Vijay on the the line, and um, he lives in Bengaluru, India. He's with the CO2 Coalition, and I wanted to talk with him about CO2 and India and what is happening there. So we're going to go to break. Uh, Producer Luke's behind the boards. Producer Steve's getting ready to, to uh, take December and, and make a lot of kids happy. And uh, so we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there and you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. I'm thrilled to have on the line with us Vijay uh, Jay- Jayaraj, I think, but I'm going to ask him. He's a research associate with the CO2 Coalition. He lives in Bengaluru, India. Vijay, welcome to the show.
11: Uh, thanks for having me on the show, Kim.
1: Oh, and help me with the pronunciation of your name. Uh, yeah, it's it's spelled V J. Jarrad. Okay, well, V J, yeah. you are a research associate with the CO two Coalition, and I met Gregory R- uh, Wrightstone as we are, uh, we're filming the documentary that is in the editing phase now. It's a brainchild of uh, my friend Walt Johnson to bring um, real, truthful conversations about CO two. And Gregory said, you need to get Vijay on this show. And so it's great to have you.
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited uh, to be on the show as well, because it gives me an opportunity to uh, share uh, with the, you know, listeners out there about what's happening in the rest of the world. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think it's important to understand this. Here in Colorado, there is public policy that is in place that is closing down clean-fired, coal-fired plants. Uh, pressure to, to move people or to move us to uh, wind and solar. Uh, we're seeing our fossil fuel industry being constricted while we sit on enormous reserves. And so what's your thoughts about that re- with, with what's happening in Colorado versus India, Vijay?
11: Yeah, I mean, um, we've seen time and again uh, with the examples in Europe, uh, be it the U.K., uh, be it Germany. Uh, we've seen that this year, especially uh, when they are facing the pressure due to the lack of Russian gas, uh, they've been relying highly on their renewables, but they found out that renewables simply cannot support them. So both uh, the big uh, economic superpowers of so Europe are yeah, going back to coal and uh, they are uh, using fossil fuels to meet their energy needs. And the situation cannot be any different in the, in the U.S., especially uh, uh, even even in the pockets where, as you said, where there are a lot of coal reserves to be used. Uh, the situation might repeat there, uh, where uh, the states would run out of uh, uh, electricity to meet the demand, uh, simply because uh, due to the intentional policy to move away from fossil fuels. In contrast, uh, if you look at developing countries, uh, by that I mean, countries that are economically uh, not up to the mark of the uh, Western economies like US and Europe, Uh, countries like China and India, uh, two of the biggest fossil fuel users, Uh, even though they are part of international agreements to bring down and reduce their fossil fuel consumption, uh, they are doing otherwise. And that's simply because of the pressure from the domestic energy market to meet the energy needs. And this is more visible in developing countries um uh, like the time it takes for the shortage in electricity to reflect uh, in an in a everyday life of a citizen is much quicker in developing countries, and that is why these countries are not taking the risk yet. In contrast, um, uh, states in, in the US and, and countries in the Europe uh, are kind of lost in terms of uh, the energy reality if I can put it that way. Wow. Where uh, they think, yeah.
1: I hadn't thought about that. Uh, energy reality. I And uh, it seems that, do you watch uh, public policy here in America a lot? Or are you specializing in India? Because it looks to me like there are, I call them PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties that are not paying any attention to energy reality here in America right now. Vijay? Yeah,
11: yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh in fact, like this, this year, uh, it's a litmus test for a couple of states uh, in in the US, especially the Northeast uh, states, uh, New England, for example. So it would be interesting to see what happens there this winter because the policies are very crazy. They are moving away from uh, dependency on fossil fuels. Uh, coming back to your question, I, I do follow a lot of uh, things that is happening in the US because uh, we no longer live in a world where, where we are disjointed Uh, uh, rather like we have leaders who meet together uh, uh, annually uh, to discuss on climate and energy, then there's a lot of cooperation and a lot of influence and a lot of reference that's happening. So the policy uh, changes in a powerful economy like the US and and the powerful powerful economy of Europe does have uh, impact and say about what's happening in the rest of the world. And that's the reason, like, I, I tend to, uh, you know, follow the U.S., what's happening with the U.S. Uh, energy policy.
1: Vijay, it, and it seems like, and to use a term from, I talked with Adam Angieski with Open the Books in the first hour, that these policies are handcuffing America. It's handcuffing um, the kind of the American dream where everyday people, because of of the... Of the ideal idea of America, everyday people could work hard, go after their hopes and dreams, and it's handcuffing that because energy, reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy, which comes from fossil fuels, is key to the prosperity that we have seen in America, and uh, so, I as an American, I would like that prosperity to be throughout the world, and and in in India. fossil fuels are helping people to rise up out of prop, uh, poverty as well, yes?
11: Yes, that's correct, yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's why I'm baffled at what's happening in the Western economies because it's proven throughout our history, ever since the industrial uh, era, that a, a dependable energy source that powers an economy is, is ultimately the key factor uh, that determines a progressive growth in GDP. So, uh, So for a country like India it took uh, many decades after the world war for us to realize that and uh, put down our foot and uh, from the data we can see that the more the country relied on fossil fuels, especially coal, uh, the country has performed much better and that's in the last two decades. So we've we've done massive uh, uh, progress in the way we've helped people rise above the poverty line. Uh, Still uh, uh, 300 million are still in poverty uh but that in itself is like a a, a small number compared to the n- large number of indians who are uh, below poverty a couple of decades ago when our f- uh, dependence on uh, fossil fuels were much lesser yeah
1: how did you get interested in this subject Vijay?
11: uh well it's uh, as as coming back to the word that i told you energy reality like we grew up in uh um, energy shortage uh, i studied for my uh exams and i did my everyday homework uh, under a lamp uh, under a lamp or a candle because even developed parts of the country here in india uh, would face power outages on an everyday basis and uh, you can imagine the state of uh, small scale industries and large scale industries uh, two decades back or a decade back when they did not have enough uh, backup generator uh, they would all stop the work would stop uh, the income would stop and this was a very a very uh, you know very much a reality in, in the lives of people here and growing up in that like for me uh, it was a natural uh, for me to desire a country and and a time in my life where an en- energy demand was met and people do not have to worry about when their li- lights would go off or the industrial people would not worry about when their machine would go wrong and uh, they have to replace their machines because of the fluctuations in uh, the supply of power. So this was, uh, 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 for many people here in developing countries, uh, they don't need to develop this interest on the subject. It is just the reality of what they grew up in.
1: Well, and I thinking about how much we take for granted here in America, uh, turning on the lights, being able to get in a vehicle to go where we want to, when we want to, um, you know, all of the uh, modern Uh, conveniences that that we have for example you know i can get up in the morning i can get things ready for the show i can throw in a load of wash i can uh, have a cup of coffee and we're taking that for granted and it's it's beyond me why we have pbis politicians bureaucrats and interested parties that want to handcuff that for everyday americans Uh, Under the guise of helping developing countries, it seems like we would want both Americans to prosper and to export that prosperity to other countries as well. But there are those that want to handcuff America uh, and say that they want to help uh, developing countries. Ultimately, I think this could be bad for everybody, Vijay.
11: Yeah, that's right. As I told in the beginning, uh, whatever is happening in the U.S. and the powerful economies of the west uh, does have a big impact on the on the developing parts of the world and uh, it w- it won't be long before the repercussions are felt here in the developing countries and uh, as you said like I, even even uh, uh, last week there was a day uh, in the morning we could not get our kids ready for the school because there was simply uh, no power at home so uh, power outages are still a, a common event here in india and and uh, I realized the difference, uh, the vast amount of difference uh, in gap between the energy reality over in the West and the developing parts of the world. That only when I traveled to the West and lived there, so that made me realize the huge difference. And I think when 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 as a generation you grew up in in a country like America, and and you are used to having uh, a stable supply in power, uh, it's hard for for a person to imagine and i think this position uh, of people uh, is being taken for granted and and as uh, is the pib uh, uh, they they have vested interest maybe in, in the renewable industry or uh, they they want to take the climate issue as a control issue uh, i can i can't like assume that but it uh, looks like uh, they are promoting a lot of renewables in place of reliable fossil fuels and one can only you know wonder why
1: Well, and we are not having honest conversations. When they call them renewables or they call them clean energy, there's not been a a conversation, an honest conversation. That's why this documentary that uh, uh, Walt is putting together is so important, because of the rare earth minerals that are required for, for example, for car batteries or for batteries for our phones and computers, uh, the um, open pit mining that is used to get to those rare earth minerals. There's not this honest conversation in America uh, around this "quote unquote" clean ener- uh, clean energy. Vijay.
11: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, like I've written a lot of op-eds on this, and uh, it, it's sad that uh, they are unwilling to uh, recognize and realize. The amount of pressure it's putting on both the places where uh, these rare earth uh, minerals are being mined and also where they are processed, uh, a chunk of it in China. And uh, we have uh, huge uh, uh, sets of examples of uh, lakes uh, getting affected and the communities there uh, being affected because of that. Uh, And that's just one part of it. Uh, If you look at it, like I I had a background in conservation, and uh, during my conservation years in europe uh, o- almost all the conservationists shared to me the pathetic state of uh, uh, bird conservation avian conservation where uh, the one of the biggest killers are wind uh, farms windmills so uh, but people you know they give excuses that uh, birds do get killed by other things like buildings and and cats but i keep i ask them like <laughs> when did when did you last saw a cat killing a bald eagle like you don't see that, but wind 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 turbines they chop uh, bald eagles' uh, wings, and they and these wind farms in different parts of US and rest of the world they even have killing quotas for birds, and uh, that's why I, I I I call it blood on the blades uh, because oh my God. Uh, being passionate about uh, uh, the uh, fauna and be, uh, being a conservationist, I, I found it ridiculous that. These um, you know, wind turbines are called clean and green when uh, coal and uh, other fossil fuel uh, derivatives are used in every part of, uh, during every stage of the manufacture of a wind turbine.
1: Boy, that and is, so yeah. yeah. Uh, it, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, no. You, you can go ahead, yeah. Okay. I find this fascinating, Vijay. This is absolutely fascinating. So let's go to break. Uh, when we come back, we will continue the conversation with Vijay Jayaraj. He lives in Mingaluru, India. Uh, he's with the CO2 Coalition, and we got connected uh, via Gregory Wrightstone, who's one of the panelists on this a very important documentary, which is the brainchild of uh, my friend, uh, Walt Johnson, and his wife, Ramey Johnson. Uh, and that is in the editing phase right now. Hopefully, it will be released very soon. But I have more questions for Vijay, so we will be right back.
4: Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com.
12: What you feed your skin matters. Botanical Rush is clean, professional skincare that only uses pure ingredients to restore and protect the skin. Your skin absorbs the products you put on it, so when you're using something every day, you better know what the ingredients are. Botanical Rush professional formulas are not just pure and potent, they are affordable. With regular use, these beautiful botanical formulas support collagen production, skin's precious moisture barrier, and reduce hyperpigmentation. Myra Mesco, the founder of Botanical Rush, holds every 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 ingredient accountable to meet or exceed her high standards. Botanical Rush is non-toxic skincare, free of chemicals, estrogen mimickers, or artificial fragrances that hinder the skin's radiance. Discuss your skincare needs with Myra and set up a consultation at klzradio.com beauty or email info at botanicalrush.com and use the exclusive Kim Monson discount code KIM15 for your first order for a 15% discount at checkout. That's botanicalrush.com code KIM15.
2: No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com.
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me. At Kim, at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I'm thrilled to have Vijay Jayaraj And I know that's not exactly right, Vijay. I'm doing my best. But um, he's a research associate at the CO2 Coalition. He lives in India. And uh, Vijay, first of all, thank you for making this happen with your schedule. What time is it in India right now?
11: It's uh, it's just uh, 8 in the evening. Uh, so, I'm, I mean, I'm actually used to talking with hosts over there in the U.S., so no problem. Okay,
1: well, that's very good. Next thing, you had referenced that you've done a number of op-eds and essays. Where can people find your work?
11: Yeah, so they can find it uh, at my organization's website, uh, which is co2coalition.org. And uh, in a couple of uh, other famous uh, publications, such as uh, Town Hall, uh, Real Clear Energy, um, uh, The Stream, Patriot Post, American Thinker, and so on. So, yeah.
1: Fantastic. And uh, you spell your last name J-A-Y-A-R-A-J, correct? When people are searching for that? Yeah, that's correct. Okay.
11: Yes, that's correct, yeah.
1: Very, very good. Um, Next question. India, uh, and I just uh, was looking at, uh, this is uh, from uh, like coal production news or something. It said uh, back in April that uh, there was record production of coal in India. So increasing production there. And again, public policy here in America is trying to close down coal-fired plants. Um, there, There's such a disconnect on that, Vijay.
11: Yeah, there's a huge disconnect. And uh, so uh, I don't know if the public over there in the U.S. understand it or not. Uh, but both China and India, uh, they are no longer... Uh, uh, being secret about uh, what they are doing they are openly announcing uh, commissioning of new mines to produce coal and uh, new centers to uh, you know manage the productions and so and so so even uh, coal plants they are coming up with new coal plants and so uh, if, if 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 i have to put in numbers india's target uh, is to produce uh, 1 billion tons of coal per year uh, which is a big achievement for it. But when compared to China, this number is quite low. But still, uh, the policies here in India and you know, even in China for, uh, has been like pro-coal. So in China, you had uh, uh, the, the uh, head of the country himself um, uh, getting his pen into the five-year policy, I believe, four or five-year policy, and uh, reversed uh, the decision to move away from coal. So he wants more coal to be added, and likewise, India has been very open about it, and we even defended our energy rights in public forum, especially this year when a lot of uh, you know Western journalists are questioning India's uh, purchase of fossil fuels from different countries, and also India's decision to increase its coal. So the, it's a complete disconnect, as you said. Uh, what's happening in the West? Uh, you know, people should be knowing. I've seen a few people who comment on the the social media and a few hosts uh, who have radio shows talk about this. But in general, people are not aware. Uh, This is because the the mainstream media uh, showcases only uh, the news on what's happening with renewables here in India and other developing countries. So they do not talk about the new coal plants, the increase in production, and these news never reach the audience over there so but in reality over here developing countries um, like india and china the biggest consumers what they do is they uh, they talk uh, a really nice language in public forums and international forums uh, to keep uh, the the uh, the diplomats happy but uh, over back here in the country they prioritize the domestic energy need and that's critical for a country like india where you know uh, a, 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 a disruption in energy uh, can mean a lot of things for a lot of people, like uh, even hospitals uh, would face problems. That's the situation here, yeah.
1: Right. When uh, when there was the big ice storm down in Texas within the last few years and the wind turbines froze up, uh, people died because of that. And you think about hospitals. Now, many of them would have generators, hopefully, but critical care, uh, your nursing homes uh, also uh, big challenges with that. And uh, two things, I, I two words uh, or two t- terms, I, I uh, really stick with me. You you mentioned energy reality and energy rights. And in America, our energy rights are really being assaulted with this narrative regarding climate change. And if these if these diplomats or these PBIs were really serious, if this was really a serious Thing for the earth, then they would be serious about addressing uh, these coal-fired plants in China and India. but so it must not really be the the crisis they're talking about. they're using the narrative to handcuff the prosperity of America. And when that happens, America if it goes into recession, that will, and you mentioned this also, that will re- reverberate throughout the, the uh, world, uh, Vijay.
11: Yeah, 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 that's true. Uh, I, so the way I look at it is that, um, yeah, it, it does appear that they are trying to handcuff, you know, the growth or uh, arrest the progress, uh, but, uh, uh, but it's, uh, the situation in, in, uh, in different economies is different right now so uh, i don't know what would have been india's position or china's position if if they had been already uh, in uh, developed would they have joined forces with uh, the western leaders i'm not sure okay. but uh, since the need for energy is so pressing over here uh, they have taken the decisions in a in the way they have um, but uh, it's it's completely uh, you know uh, baffling for uh, you know observers from outside the uh, western economies to see the self destruct button being pressed over there and it's it's horrible and like um uh, we've already uh, hearing news about uh, renewable energy failure and uh, uh, countries in Europe walking back on their on their emission uh, reduction uh, targets and uh, importing more coal uk doubled its uh, coal import or production I, I, I consumption i think this year so um uh, so yeah, uh, it's it's quite fascinating that uh, like people, you know, it is actually their right. And uh, we in developing countries began to see energy as a right uh, only when the you know global climate movement started constraining on what kind of energy we can use. And then the leaders here realized that uh, their economies uh, cannot prosper or progress or even compete with economies in the West if they are to sit back and like not use fossil fuels. So uh, that is when the uh, sense of energy right, energy as a right, be- be- began, and uh, leaders from developing countries constantly uh, push back against the coercive renewable policies at, at UN climate conferences, and uh, even even uh, uh, a month ago, when India, uh, Russia, and China and others were in a meeting, and and they pushed back against the Western. Uh, policy on energy, and they said that they have the rights to access and use uh, whatever fuel source uh, they wanted to. So this has been going on for a while. Uh, for example, the India's Prime Minister um, called the mindset of Western leaders as the modern day colonialism. Uh, this happened, uh, I believe, in last December. I but it never, uh, yeah. I mean, it was never told to you by the mainstream media. Right. Uh, even even other media did not uh, pick that up but it happened on in- india's constitution day uh, on a december last year uh, so so uh, so the the leaders here are clear uh, it might not come across in that way over the media and in in international uh, uh, dialogues and summits uh, but they are very much aware of what's happening in the country and what their country needs uh, in a way that's heartening f- for us because I cannot imagine, like, uh, the situation here in India, because already we have uh, 300 million under poverty. Just the lockdown during pandemic uh, sent 200 million people back into poverty. They were just above poverty. Mm. So uh, the the margin for error is very less over here. And that's why I believe, you know, there's a big disconnect and uh, what uh, the leaders perceive as the energy need in the country.
1: Well, and what is the population of India?
11: uh india's population is 1.3 billion and uh, we will uh, uh overtake china soon uh, within a decade or so i believe uh so compared to the population in us which is around 335 million right yeah.
1: Interesting. Okay. Okay, Vijay, we're going to go to break. And uh, if you'd like to uh, ask Vijay a question or make a comment, you can do that, 303-477-5600, Luke, you look like you might want to even jump in here when we come back from break. But uh, did want to mention the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, They're raising money for this uh, very important remodel and, and is located out at 6th and Colfax. And uh, if you would like to contribute to help them, uh, you can do that at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. You can buy a brick to honor your military service, or it is a great gift to honor your loved one's military service for Hanukkah or Christmas. You can uh, get more information at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We have producer Luke behind the boards. We have Vijay uh, Jayaraj on the line. He is a research associate with the CO2 Coalition I have learned so much in just these uh, two short segments. Vijay is going to stay
9: on the line. You can reach us at
1: 303-477-5600. We'll be right back.
9: Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage.
8: Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same-day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's r o o t s medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns.
10: The ability to protect and defend yourself is your right. Having the knowledge and skills to protect yourself the correct and safe way is essential. At Franktown Firearms, they will equip you with both the tools and the skills. The team at Franktown wants you to learn how to build your confidence and improve your skills with the help of their trained experts. They will take the time to make sure you choose the right gun for you and teach you the necessary skills to carry it safely and securely. This holiday season, consider giving your loved one a firearm training course at Franktown Firearms. They offer one-on-one training or group classes, depending on your comfort level and skill. You will find they are fully stocked with guns and ammunition at or below MSRP. You can be assured that you are providing a gift that will truly keep on giving and let your loved ones exercise their freedoms and rights safely and confidently. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today to give the gift of freedom. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made.
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, shouldn't have to force people to do it. And That would seem like renewables. If it was a good idea, you shouldn't have to coerce and force people to do it. On the line with me is VJ. Ajah Yaraj and he is a research associate of, at the CO2 Coalition. He lives in India, and I've learned so much. And Vijay, thank you for staying on the line. First thing, though, we want to make the point that CO2 is plant food. For people that are vegans, CO2 helps fund what they eat. And uh, so just wanted to clarify that CO2 is plant food, Vijay.
11: Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's basic uh uh, plant biology that we all learned. But somehow we've been brainwashed by the mainstream media and the politicians uh, in the past three decades. And it's sad because CO2 is uh, plant food and you can visit any greenhouse uh, farming farm uh, um, near your state or in your state and you can find out that it's CO2 that is critical in that uh, farm uh, and, and it's usually elevated CO2 within greenhouse farms that help the plants grow much faster.
1: Boy, it's a cr- it's crazy that there's an assault on this. Producer Luke had a couple of things that he wanted to ask.
3: Yeah, and I'll try and make it quick, uh, and I'll try and keep a debate to a minimum. Uh, CO2 uh, is plant food. I feel works well if it's just CO2. The downside about fossil fuel-based emissions is it's not pure CO2 in Uh, An elemental form. Uh, One of the things, uh, I'm very, just to clarify my stance, uh, I don't think solar and wind are good enough at the moment to really stand on their own two legs uh, and to imply we should eliminate fossil fuels is pretty dumb, uh, in my personal opinion. However, uh, I feel like we can all admit that China and India, uh, their air quality isn't super great. Uh, they have a whole lot of unregulated emission stuff. Uh, even here in America, uh, our air quality wasn't super good, and still we started until we started introducing more emission stuff. Uh, how do we ensure fossil fuel continues without bogging things down in regulation and keep clean air from the unclean emissions?
11: Vijay, your thoughts? Yeah, to- great question. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, one of the key things is for c- countries to, uh, you know, uh, transition to c- uh, clean technologies. For example, there's clean coal technology, which, which reduces harmful emissions by a by large margin. And for instance, uh, ja- the Japanese sell this stuff. Uh, the U.S. uses clean coal technology. And uh, India, for instance, set a 2022 deadline. Uh, but the deadline has been extended now. More than fifty, uh, more than fifty percent of the coal plants in our country now uh, employ some sort of emission control uh, filters that reduces the harmful filters. And, and another big move is uh, is with uh, vehicular emissions, and uh, India has uh, moved on that as well. And I believe other developing countries are, uh, are making that move as well to uh, move to a Uh, you know combustion uh, engines that that produce less and less emissions so we have uh, different standards over here in India so uh, we call it uh, uh, BS1 uh, all the way to BS7 and 8 I believe Uh, so we 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 are constantly phasing uh, phasing out uh, older vehicles making sure uh, the uh, emissions from vehicles are better so that's one side of things, one is to transition to better and cleaner technology. And the other thing is, is, is to keep the minds open and to adopt uh, every technology that's available and every technology that's reliable and affordable and makes sense. For instance, nuclear. Uh, uh, we have two huge nuclear plants in the state that I uh, uh, I am from in India, which is the southernmost state. And uh, so we, we, we do purchase reactors from Canada, Russia, and uh, I, I believe a lot of... Uh, Uh, developing countries are uh, planning on building more nuclear plant and and you know how dense uh, nuclear energy is as a energy Mm -hmm. source and um, France is a great example uh, in leading uh, Nuclear energy dependency and even us us is one of the top nuclear energy users users. So uh, These are a couple of ways in which we can manage uh, emissions Uh, uh, Yeah, so
1: Okay And technology and innovation is the answer. We can have people create uh, solutions to these. Let's go over to Eric, uh, one of our callers. Eric, welcome. What's your question or comment?
13: Um, Kim, DJ, my thing um, about these young, and I emphasize young teachers now and young professors that are dumbing and brainwashing our kids down today When they get, you know, old, imagine what kind of lives that they are, you know, going to live 20 years from now. And I don't think that they're thinking that far in the future. And I want to know why they want to dumb our kids down because they're going to be their age. You know what I'm saying? And they don't realize, I don't think the consequences, what's going to happen in their elderly years and think in their you know, senior future years. And I think that they probably say to themselves, oh, my God, what did I do?
1: Boy, that's a a big question. Vijay, I don't know if you watch the or look at the American education system much. How, do you have any comments on that?
11: Uh, yeah, I, I've been uh, uh, looking at some of the, you know, not just the energy stuff. And we are talking about a lot of other stuff, sometimes uh, the energy stuff comes as a package along with other critical issues uh so but yeah on energy uh if if they are training the kids in this manner of thinking uh telling them that this is the way things are done then uh, i i'll i'll be feeling bad for every energy sector uh in the coming decades because some of these kids would go on to uh college and then university, and they 'd be appointed in these energy sectors. And we don't want people uh, who are misinformed and uh, who do not realize uh, what it took for the previous uh, few generations to adopt and implement energy policies that enabled um, countries like US to become an uh, economical superpower. They, re- they think that it- they don't have the knowledge of uh, how energy was the foundation behind uh, the economic uh, you know, growth of Western economies. So yeah, uh, it's sad. Um, uh, what can we do about it? Uh, I think um, more and more conversation with people. Uh, this radio show is an, a great example and there are uh, hundreds of others all over the U.S. Uh, and, and the Western economies. And I say U.S. and Western economy uh, because uh, a lot of ideas uh, uh, flow from the developed parts of the world to the developing parts of the world and it's quite important that uh, the voices in D.C., the voices all over U.S. and Europe, uh, uh, you know, uh, have an understanding of what's happening with energy.
1: Absolutely. And um, Eric, thank you. And uh, one more caller. Bill, uh, what's on your radar?
5: Hey, uh, just a comment, I think that there is a uh, an effort being made to permanently cripple the natural fuel production within uh, the United States, natural fuels being natural gas and coal and uh, oil. Uh, It's not really fossil based. Uh, Your thoughts on that? It looks to me like uh, they really want to destroy this
11: and cripple, permanently cripple uh, America.
1: Okay, and Vijay, we've got just two minutes Your What's your comments on that? Thank you, Bill.
11: Uh, Yeah, I. I Yeah, from what I've seen uh, in this administration, as an observer on energy and, uh, you know, uh, people's, uh, about development of people's lives, it does appear so. Because uh, 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 we here in developing countries are fighting for our rights uh, at the climate, uh, UN climate summits that happen every year, uh, be it our external affairs uh, minister or our prime minister even and and for me as an observer looking from outside uh what's happening with the energy sector is pure chaos it began in the first month that the administration came into power with the keystone pipeline and and so and so uh so uh, even even if you're neutral not taking any of the two sides uh it does appear that the energy policy uh, is intentionally uh, aimed at reducing um, you know the energy independency of US which it achieved uh, just uh, before the previous election uh, when uh, the U.S. reduced its consumption of imported oil uh, by being self-sufficient. And it's so unfortunate that we are now in a a state where uh, things are being reversed. Oh, so my gosh. That, that would be my comment on that. Yeah. Gosh.
1: Bill, thank you. And Vijay, we are out of time, but thank you, and we will get you back on. This has been absolutely fascinating, and uh, thank you for making this happen, particularly with the, the time difference. I greatly appreciate it.
11: Yeah, it's, it's a great pleasure to be on your show. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And our quote for the end of the show is from Mahatma Gandhi. He said, many people, especially ignorant people, want to punish you for speaking the truth, for being correct, for being you. Never apologize for being correct or for being years ahead of your time. If you're right and you know it, speak your mind. Speak your mind, even if you are a minority of one. The truth is still the truth. And uh, so, my friends, today, be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen to well. If honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Don't